Hi, I'm Monica Malhotra, and I'm the founder of The Gaggler. Hi, I'm Alia Nuru, and I am founder of Alia Co. Welcome to the Women in Power podcast. We come across many powerful women in our daily lives. They are everywhere. You may know one, you may be one. Each week, we invite women in power to join us in celebrating their stories and amplifying their voices. We aim to showcase the power in all women across all walks of life. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell for updates. If you have any questions or comments, or if anything resonates with you, let us know in the comment section below. Welcome to the Women in Power podcast. Today, we have on Natasha Moore. Do you have on Natasha Moore? <laughs> you should be having Natasha Moore on. <laughs> My bad. Today, we have on the show, not on our faces. But Unfortunately. On our faces soon, Natasha Moore. Mm -hmm. Thank you for the lovely makeup products you gave You're us welcome. today. We'll definitely have them on us. Okay, good. For all your upcoming podcasts, Absolutely. you're going to get more. It's such a pleasure to have you on the show, so thank, thank you. you. Uh, Natasha Moore is founder and CEO of Natasha Moore Cosmetics. She's been a makeup artist for 10 years and uh, started her makeup business in 2019 in Hong Kong mm -hmm. and then launched in LA in 2020. Yes. So great to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. You've done a lot of things. Um, yeah. <laughs> you started as a freelance makeup artist mm -hmm. um, and specialized, I guess, in wedding makeup is mm -hmm. where it started for you. Um, and you started such an early age mm -hmm. did you find that it was easy to to get hired oh that's a good question actually um so when you say i started young i actually started when i was in primary three. Oh wow <laughs> my teacher got fired from her school because she used to make me do her hair and makeup every morning and i was a kid i was like six years old um that from that age onwards i was doing makeup and hair and loving it so when I decided to make it a profession, my, my dad actually said to me, I've always had in, in my mind, I've always wanted to have an empire. I've always said, I want to have my own business. I want to make money. That was always my ultimate goal, right? I think it's the Cindy in me. I'm Cindy. <laughs> so it's like the little Cindy hustler attitude, right? So I told my father this and he said, Natasha, stop thinking about that because the minute you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. It's gonna feel, it's just gonna flow so beautifully and it won't feel like work. And I really took that advice on at such a young age and I decided, you know what, I had a great career in PR and marketing. I think I was one of the first people my age to like run a company for someone else and I loved it, but then I felt like there was something that was truly missing and that yeah. was, you know, making my passion come to life really. That's yeah. such amazing advice that your dad gave you such early yeah. on. I mean, you know, not many so people amazing. are that uh, yeah. fortunate to get that kind of advice. Yeah, very blessed. My parents have always been supportive. Wow, amazing. Yeah. And then seven years later, you decided yeah. you needed to set up your own cosmetics business. Tell us what drove, us, uh, drove you to, um, to do that. So it was actually a year after. I was a makeup artist. No, I didn't launch it, but a year after um, being a makeup artist is when I realized that there was so much missing in the market. So besides just formulations, I felt like there was no lipsticks that I could get from my clients that would last all day. So my clients would go, whether it was a photo shoot, I was doing movies, I was doing TV shows, I was doing special effects makeup for karate films and like, yeah, really weird things. But my brides, they would start getting ready at 10 in the morning and then they'd have to have, you know, touch-ups and be ready till the next day, three in the morning, right? You, they were at their event. Imagine having a bride with no lipstick on throughout, you know, 
the night or no makeup or washed off. And so I kept formulating products that would last long and like mixing my own shades together. And I said, you know, I want to create something where the pigments actually work for my kind of client's skin tones because there were no reds that would suit Indians. Mm -hmm. There were no pinks. There were no nudes. And I, I was mixing stuff. And that's when I said, okay, I want to I wanna be able to create something for myself, for my clients. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you focused on, I guess, uh, shades that would work for Indian skin, but also for people of color. Yes, of course. And it started off with just being for my clients. And then eventually, as I developed the range, as I developed further, that's when I was like, okay, there's actually something missing in the market for every skin tone. And then I'm from Hong Kong. So Chinese people couldn't find Asian skin tone, colors that worked on Asian skin tones. I would always find um, people of, um, actually we had, I had Korean clients, I had Chinese clients and they never found a nude that worked for them wow. or a red. And everyone had the same issue, finding the perfect match. So that's when I said, okay, I'm going to come in and, and create something. So my first ever brand, actually, um, I created a brand called Face Tools. This was when I was 23. This is why I said I already had that business um, mindset is I wanted to create a product that people could take home that they could use. And that was just a set of brushes. And that's how I first started. So I created this set of brushes when at the time, there were not a lot of brands out there. Now there's a set everywhere, yeah. a set of makeup brushes. At the time, there was nothing that was luxurious, that was long lasting. It was such a good product though, that it was a bad business because people would have it for five years and they won't repurchase it. So I'd have like, even till today, I have people saying, oh, I still use your face tools. And I'm like, oh, that was, it was a really good brand, but a good product, but not a good business. So then I decided to take that money that I earned from that and then the bridal stuff that I was doing, saved all of it and created cosmetics. Wow. Lipsticks was the first thing. Yeah. What is the first thing that, you know, there's so many people out there, so many makeup artists, or even people that really like doing little things in their business and they want to set out to start up and do on their own. Yeah. What, what is, what was your process and what is your advice to them? Setting up the, the brand or being the makeup artist? Well, as a makeup artist, yeah. setting out to create your own products, yeah. create your own brand. It was, it was hard. I went to a lot of trade shows. That's where I met people. But you really have to put yourself out there. I have stories from when I actually launched my brand. And I remember um, there's a Cosmo Prof show. I don't know if you guys know what that is. It's the biggest trade show for beauty oh, in the world. So they have one in Bologna in Italy in Vegas, in Hong Kong. Um, I think they have one in Dubai as well, I'm not too sure. In India. Middle East here, I think. Okay, so Cosmoprof is the big thing. Gotcha. And so when I first launched my brand, first, first, first launched it, it was in completely different packaging. It was, you know, a little baby starting it off. So once I'd formulated everything, um, I was 26, right? And that's when I formulated and, and then I launched it in when I was 27. And then when I finally put it out in the market, I didn't, I don't officially call this my launch date because it was a test. It was initially, I was doing pop-ups in different countries. I did one in Dubai. I, um, in my head, it was, I've created these beautiful products for women and I want to see, I want to test and see how they feel about the formula because it was the first, you know, yeah. long lasting. Also at the time there were brands that launched the molten mats or the, sorry, the liquid mats for them. Okay. And, um, there, it was drying. It was not the right form. It was still not moisturizing. And I found that that was something I could fix. You know, there was a problem that I could fix. Yeah. So, um, 
I mean, it was really challenging, but going to these trade shows, you really have to build the courage. And so back to the story, I actually decided three days before, um, I was going through a personal struggle and I said, you know, I told my parents, I'm like, guys, I'm gonna go to Italy and I'm gonna go meet people at Cosmoprof. And they're like, who, how, how do, where are you gonna stay? <laughs> All the hotels were booked, obviously, because it was three days before. So I just stayed in a bed and breakfast. It was 20 minutes away. I speak no Italian. I made friends, because I'm friendly. I made friends with everyone there. <laughs> so the lady who was taking care of me at the bed and breakfast dropped me to the show. It was so sweet. She had to Google Translate everything. And I went to the show knowing nobody, doing like absolutely nothing, like a little child with a bag of makeup and going and talking to every single booth, making friends with people, telling them about my brand, telling them how I created it. And when, I, when we were, so the, the dynamic of the show is at the end of the event or the end of the day, everyone goes to this one bar in Bologna. And so I went and everyone, you know, socializing and some woman comes up to me and she said, are you Natasha Moore? And I said, yes, how do you know me? And she was like, I'm using Storm, the lip shade I gave you. Wow, amazing. Yeah, I'm using Storm. My friend bought it for me. I've been using it ever since the last Cosmoprof in Hong Kong in November. And I love this formula. What do you do? Where do you see yourself? All that. And I was like, um, I don't know. I see my brand being everywhere. I told her the brand story. Um, why I created the products. It was really because I wanted women to feel confident. And I went and visited women's shelters. I went to drug and rehab centers for this. And so when I told her that story, she was really inspired. But she also is a businesswoman. And she's now, by the way, my business development manager. Oh, wow. So that's the story. I met her and she was like, where do you see your brand? Please don't tell me it's Sephora because everyone says Sephora. And I was like, well... That's the ultimate goal. I mean, who wouldn't want to say they want their brand in Sephora? But I want my brand to be accessible to women everywhere. And that was the end of our conversation. And I gave her a couple of products. In fact, I sent her a big box of products the next day. I looked for her all over the trade show. And uh, two weeks later, I was in Thailand with a bride and she calls me and she's like, I hope you're sitting down. Someone from my team pitched it to Sephora and they love it but I need to know your cost of goods. I need to know this. I need to know this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I'll give you everything. And at this point I'm having a panic attack. Like, oh my God, I don't even have a corporate bank account. I don't even have anything sorted. And I'm like selling this out of my suitcase to people. So I had to just clean up my act in two weeks. I spoke to lawyers. I got product, you know, then I closed the brand down to be perfect for Sephora, the packaging. I had to invest money into it. And that's when I was like, okay, this. But what I love about that story is yeah. that, you know, there's so much love obviously that you have and, and pride in your product. And yes. you sold it to somebody who basically started working for you. Well, yeah, her agency. She sold it to Sephora. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, so her agency works with brands yeah. and they basically bring whatever brands they see. So she handles all my accounts with Macy's, Sephora, Amazon. They're incredible. And so when they saw potential yep. in my baby brand, I thought, okay. And, and she knew I was willing to not be, I even said this to her. I said, I'm willing to learn. I'm not an expert in this field, but I'm an expert in what women want. I, that's where I'm truly confident is I know how to make a woman feel beautiful. That's it. And if I can keep to that core ethos, then we can continue this conversation. Amazing. Amazing. So you've been in business for quite a while now. Yes. Um, <laughs> what have been some of the, the biggest learnings that you've had as an entrepreneur? 
You can never plan. <laughs> as much as you plan, you will always have things come your way. And me being super passionate as a person, there are times where I used to, when I first started my brand, it was just, I mean, there's still tears all the time, but there was more tears and aggression when I was a kid, you know? I'm like, why did this factory mess up? And I threw my phone, I was, you know, things that you don't, now when things get thrown at me, I'm like, okay, one more thing to fix. So you grow as your brand grows. There's always going to be malfunctions. And it's so hard sometimes to explain this to someone who doesn't have their own business because they're like, yeah, but you have the most glamorous life. You travel every three days, you're on a plane here. And I'm like, but I'm balancing 50,000 things from product development, from making sure my clients are satisfied, from making sure the shades are the same and they're consistent each time. From labeling, I'm working with factories all over the world now, so. And so you handle, like you're hands-on on all of those Everything. aspects. Everything, wow. yeah. Mainly product development is what I'm supposed to focus on, but I'm also front of camera. I'm also marketing. I, during COVID, I was supply chain manager, <laughs> like dealing with factories and you know getting my products from one country to another with customs issues and yeah. How has that being so hands-on affected your personal life? <laughs> that's really, that's a good question. <laughs> um, I think you have to make the most of every situation. And for me, my ultimate goal has always been this. Like, I really want to build this empire. So for me, it's always whether or not I'm linking my personal life to work. Someone asked me actually recently, when was the last time you took a holiday? And it's always been when I've had a work trip. Otherwise, I don't really do holidays. It's always, if I have a client in Bali, maybe I'll take a day or two. But it's been years since I've done something like that for myself. But then do you not worry about like burnout? I, bur I get burnt out a lot, a lot. And it takes about a week or so of, it, it's happened actually. Last year, I was traveling every three days, different countries, no, I, before COVID obviously. And when it was the peak of COVID time, actually, got COVID and I was in a hospital for 34 days wow. in Hong Kong when it just happened. So I believe that was my biggest burnout period. And that was because I was flying from London, got COVID, you know, was stressing. And I, I believe in everything happens for a reason. So, and as a business woman, I think that's the best way to look at anything. So even when something bad happens or when a product doesn't go the way it wants to, like I'm building a product right now, it's taking a year and a half just to finalize something. And I just keep telling myself, it's timing. It's divine timing. It's divine. It's because something better is coming along. So if you have that positive mindset, then it really helps, I think. Yeah. And one of the things um, that, that I've noticed about your, your products is that every product is named after an affirmation. Yes. Yes. Tell us about that. Why is that important to you and why did you go that route? So that's actually why I started my brand. I, um, I grew up very insecure. I grew up being bullied in school. Um, I had kids yelling out the school bus. I was an overweight child, so I had a lot of kids saying like, and I was in Hong Kong, which is, in Hong Kong, it's a bit different because not just, not just the fact that people are smaller there or whatever it may be, but I was a very overweight child and I had kids that were very aggressive and there's, there was a lot of racism as well. Um, so initially there was, now it's a lot better, but initially it was so much on my confidence levels that I had, I didn't understand how I was able to bring confidence to someone else. Cause I, you know, I've never looked in the mirror and said, wow, I look beautiful. But I was able to do that to a woman by doing their makeup, whether it was a model, an actress, a bride, 
you know, whatever it was, I was able to give them that confidence. And so I said, if I'm able to do this for someone, I want products to be able to do this. I want to create products that they can use on their own. Because why should you have to rely on a makeup artist to feel beautiful? Why can't you just make yourself feel it? And again, I'm not saying you need makeup to feel beautiful. But the, I mean, how many times have you put on a lipstick or a pair of heels or something? No, you feel better. You, feel you do. Yeah. It's just a fact. And so I wanted to do this for women that really needed it. So I thought about this hard and I thought, okay, who, you know, I want to visit. I love doing stuff for other people. I, I'm, my nickname is Santa Claus. <laughs> so my friends, they constantly, you know, joke around. And I said, how about doing this for victims of human trafficking? They really have lost their confidence. They really don't have a way to make themselves feel confident again. So I went and visited women's shelters in, in Compton, in LA. I went to San Diego to visit um, shelters. I went to drug and rehab centers. I went um, to homeless shelters. It was really because I want people to do more. It's as simple as that. And I felt like being the age I was 27, people my age weren't really doing things for other people. Not true. generalizing, but it really was something I found lacking. No, but it's true. That age yeah. group, I mean, you, I was you know, 26, 27 once, and it's all about kind of what can I do for me, yeah. right? And, you know, yeah. and what are the things I can buy? And, exactly. Right? So uh, that's amazing that you did that at such a young age. Thank and you. it's not just, it's not just like giving stuff for people or mm. buying them things. Like, you know, you said that you go and you make your brides and your clients feel better by putting makeup on them, but also your energy, your words, yeah. and make a huge difference, right? Yeah. And you know, this I found out recently, a lot of my clients will always say to me, look, your work is amazing. I've never felt more beautiful. But they keep ongoingly say that your energy in the room is what gave me the confidence. And then I thought about it. I'm like, wow, I really love this. And I want my products to speak for that, you know? So I've had clients come to me and say, I had a really big meeting, so I wore Game Changer and it changed the game. Or I wore Powerful and I felt powerful. Or just customers, I get messages online, like I wore more power mascara and I got that meeting or job interview or whatever. And that's what I want. That's really what my goal is. <laughs> it really is. Now, going back to, you know, uh, when you were working with, um, you said, uh, I think, sex trafficked yes. uh, victims. What did you learn from that? Because you obviously would have seen women that were very, I mean, kind of at the lowest, you know, yeah. point. So what, did, what, what impacted It that? was really difficult because you couldn't even speak to them without them. First of all, you're doing makeup on them. So in their head, they're thinking, what is this girl doing? She's coming to doll me up. Why? Is she going to sell me? Is she going to bring me to someone else? So I was really scared. And I was also prepped in advance not to speak too much. Just go do your makeup, make them feel calm, be in that right energy. Otherwise, you don't know what you can you know, what you can instigate or trigger from them. And even the women who were taking care of them, they were 70 years old, 60 to 70 year old women. And they were in little shelters. I couldn't take videos. I couldn't take pictures, nothing, because they're in hiding, just for security reasons, right? And the women who were taking care of them, they were so emotional when they saw how I made them feel just by doing their makeup. And I remember I just launched my brand. So um, it was in the different packaging. It was when it wasn't ready yet, right? But it had the names. I, there was Legacy. There was Game Changer. There was Hustler. There was Drive. There was CEO. And all of them, I felt, I remember the woman saying, you know, it's been so hard for us also taking care of them because pimps, come outside our door. They attack these old women. And I'm very emotional. So I started crying. I started getting very, 
I just couldn't believe that they gave up their lives for these women. And it, that inspired me. I was like, imagine if these women are doing that at, you know, at such an late stage in their life when yeah. they're, they've given up their whole, they don't have families to take care of because these women are their families and they're just taking care of them. And so, you know, a lot of them didn't speak English, the women in there, but you could see, like, I remember, uh, like the word, was it power? I think it was ambition, right? I was trying to explain to them ambition. And then they were speaking Spanish to them to try and explain boss drive. And you could see they put on the lipstick and they just felt, they were like, oh, ambition. And then they started taking selfies. They felt beautiful. It was such a nice feeling. And that's what I like. I can't believe that COVID has restricted me from doing this for the last two years for people. That's my, that's my only thing right now where I'm like, oh, I want to go visit kids or women. Or well, now you're moving back to, yes, to LA. But there's still restrictions now, right? COVID restrictions. Oh. It's okay. It'll happen soon. Soon, yeah. And do soon. And then from Do More being that initiative, actually, I started working with special needs kids because I have a soft spot for them. And it was uh, when I launched in Sephora, there was this, um, this school in Indonesia that I used to visit a lot. All the kids remembered me because I would go there and make beads, beaded bracelets with them. And they all put lipstick on and they made this whole video about, congratulations, you're in Sephora. It was the cutest thing that I was like, I need to do. It's not just for victims of human trafficking or it's for everyone. Doing more is really just being kind. And so initially my brand was, oh, it's going to be women empowerment. It's going to be, I'm going to be confident and powerful. And, but I think through that, I lost the essence of, or I feel like people lose the essence of kindness sometimes. And that's more important than anything. But kindness can be empowering too. Exactly. And that's what I'm trying to bring to the table now is to let people know supporting other women is very important. Supporting other makeup artists is very important, right? That's a lot of makeup artists. There's too much competition. So it's something I want people to be aware of so that they can support each other. So on your website, you know, it says true beauty is more than makeup. Yeah. Tell me about that. What does that mean well, for you? For me, it's, first of all, makeup to me is so much more than just applying, you know, just putting your lipstick on. It's a whole process of just making yourself feel confident and making someone else feel confident, right? There's so much more to to beauty than just the superficial layer, right? And it's the kindness aspect, again, is what's more than makeup for me. So if you're a good person, obviously everything will shine through. If you're a genuine person, if you're trying to help another, I believe in paying it forward. Um, and I believe that when you help another person, you're, you're making their lives so much better. And so for me as a makeup artist, I genuinely believe that when I'm doing someone's makeup, I'm helping them in a different way. I'm giving them confidence or I'm making them feel beautiful. And that's so much more than just applying makeup on. Giving them confidence and yeah. you know, improving their self-esteem yeah. too. Yeah. It's hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. So how come you're moving from, <laughs> you were in Hong Kong yes. and then you moved to Dubai. Yeah. And now you're moving back to LA. I'm moving to LA, to not work. back to LA. I've actually never lived in LA. I've always gone there for work, but our business is growing quite big in the US now. We launched into Macy's. And to be very honest with you, I need to be, like when I have press interviews, I can't keep flying back and forth as much as I love Dubai. I love this place so much. I'm very excited for my LA journey. Yeah. Ooh, exciting. I'm very excited. I'm actually doing LA Fashion Week as well. Oh, wow. Congratulations. So, thank you. So I have to be there. <laughs>
So, you know, you're, you're, you're saying that you're traveling out, you're going to the Bahamas, even mm-hmm. though you're moving to LA, you're mm-hmm. first got a meeting? I have a, a meeting in New York for one day, and then I have a bride in the Bahamas. So I'm still trying to take on clients, um, especially this one, because I did her sister's wedding five years ago or six years ago. And so for me, it's that connection where she's like, no, 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 she's not getting her makeup done by anyone. She booked me two years ago. Yeah. And then because of COVID changes this, I was like, no, I will make sure wherever it is in the world, I'll do it. Lovely. <laughs> and do you think that's something you're going to be able to maintain as your business grows? And I want to. I want. So one thing I've told everyone that's come my way, whether it's buyers or, um, or investors or anything, is that I started this brand with one goal, and that was to make women feel confident right? And with my clients, it's, it would break my heart for them to have too much makeup on. I don't like a lot of makeup. So I know that if there's a style that they want, how can I not give that to them? And it makes me so happy. <laughs> I love what I do. So I want to be that person. And another thing I've always said is when I'm speaking to buyers, I want to be able to be someone that's approachable. I don't want to be the next big thing that you're like, oh, I can't, I can't ask her what concealer shade I am. I want to be the friend that you meet, not some celebrity that you can't talk to about your lipstick shade. Cause that's why I started my brand. You know, like as a makeup artist, I want to help. I want, I'm here for advice. So I want to somehow be able to continue doing that. I feel like, I feel like, you know, when you do makeup, it's not about, okay, this, I'm, do, I'm going to do the N- Natasha Moore treatment, right? It's, yeah. It, it seems like you would collaborate with your, with your guests. That's important. Too. Definitely. I mean, now they have, they know my style. So most of the time they're like, just give me your signature look. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, but I want to know what they're like. If they're not comfortable with eyeliner, for example, or if they've never worn red lipstick, I would never go out of, you know, make them uncomfortable. Oh, and they usually know what looks yeah. good on their face and to trust them as well, right? Exactly. So how do you balance everything? You know, you say you're going to LA, mm-hmm. you're still probably going to be traveling a lot. You're still yes. taking on a few makeup clients. How do you balance everything? Do you have a routine, a ritual? You know, um, two and a half years ago, I actually cut dairy, gluten, and sugar. And I, beauty is very important from within as well, right? Your mind has to work in, in magical ways. I don't sleep. That's my biggest flaw in life is I don't sleep. I sleep three to five hours. That's all you need. Well, that's all you get. I mean, I like to believe that I'm the sleepless elite. I'm part of that sleepless elite group, but I, I do think you need more sleep, right? But I don't have that. So at least what I do when I don't have sugar or gluten or dairy, which slows you down in life, I feel like that's really helped with my energy levels because that's important to me. And I work out five mm, almost every day, but five times if five times a week, if I can. Do you meditate or do any sort of other kind of... I do a lot of hot yoga. <laughs> I'm more of an intense workout person rather than someone that's calm. So I'm trying to do more. I'm on a spiritual journey myself. So I have a spiritual healer. I, have, I do all that. But meditation, I still find very difficult. So tell me about your spiritual journey. My, okay, so my spiritual journey started when I was, I think, so I got married when I was 25. And the reason I mention this is because I feel like a lot of girls my age, um, they go through things and they don't, actually not even my age, most women go through situations in their personal life where they get share, scared to share the story. And I'm more than happy to do so because I feel like it might inspire some people. And I've been public about it in some senses. And I've had people say, oh my gosh, because of you, I'm able to speak up. And I think that's another reason I have my voice. I believe that everything that has happened to me is so that I can teach someone something or like help someone. 
Um, so I got married when I was 25. I got divorced shortly after that when I was 27. And I decided to go on this personal um, spiritual journey. I actually have a spiritual coach who guides me through everything. It's like having a therapist, but then she kind of taps into your childhood traumas. And there are things from there that you don't know instigate you, you know? And I've learned so much about myself through that. And I think I really did change as a person. And it's interesting because earlier you'd mentioned, you know, that you're so grateful to your parents because mm -hmm. they support you. So, you know, obviously it sounds like you had a, a great childhood, mm -hmm. but then, you know, still within that, within that there's still trauma. And I think that's what surprises a lot of people. For sure. My, well, as a 10, when I was 10 years old, my parents got divorced. And most people would say, oh, gosh, that must have been so hard for you. But I was a very mature kid because of my parents, because I grew up so quickly and I, I was... You know, when I, even when I was 11, when they just got divorced, I remember telling my mom, mom, go date other guys. Dad, go date other girls. Like I knew as a kid that it's okay. Everyone makes mistakes. And, um, you know, it's not like they're bad people because of it. And it didn't affect me like that. But there were things in my childhood that I needed to work on, like the bullying in school, the being overweight, all of that stuff, it, it plays on your mind for a very long time. Yeah, yeah. And so with this spiritual journey and this coach, mm -hmm. I mean, you've sort of, I mean, what have you learned about yourself? So much. I've learned not to be scared of who I truly am because I think another thing I noticed was every time I've done something nice for someone, people have a way of making it seem like, oh, she can't be authentic. She's, she's not, how can she be so nice to you? She must want something. Right, And that was something I stopped being nice for a while. For about a year, I remember, when I was going through my divorce and I was very public, I'd have people come up to me all the time and be like, oh, she's so fake. Like, how can she always compliment? And so I stopped complimenting people. But actually, that's me. There's nothing wrong. If I like someone, I will go to them on the road. Like, just before this, there was a girl with beautiful, a beautiful tan. And I just went up to her. I'm like, excuse me, you're so beautiful. <laughs> and she was like, oh, my God, really? And, but it just... Brightens someone's day? It doesn't do anything for me. It makes this person feel happy. And it's because I'm genuinely thinking it. I'm not coming up with something and, you know, just to make her feel good. It's, if I like something, I say it. So... When people sort of criticize you for being too nice, yeah. kind, yeah. how do you deal with that? Yeah. What's your advice to women? Because, you know, women criticize. A lot of women a lot. do. A so lot. what's your advice to women out there that are kind of at the receiving end of that kind of criticism? What should they do? You know, it's very hard to hear criticism. And, and the funniest thing is just two days ago, I was like, am I being too nice? Am I being taken for granted now? Because... Even little, little things where you're just like, well, I've done so much for someone or, okay, small example. I love buying my security guards in our building. I love buying them food regularly, okay? <laughs> or like when I cook, I'll cook extra for them. Then the last couple of days, they know I'm leaving Dubai. Regularly, they're like, oh, Miss Natasha, can you order us KFC? Oh, Miss Natasha, can you order this, this? I'm like, okay, now am I being taken for granted? <laughs> it's little things. So I actually said this to a dear friend of mine. I was like, okay, do you think now I'm overdoing it? And they're like, this is your problem in life. You do so much and you know, it's, this is where you get taken for granted. And then I thought about it and I was like, okay, what? So I'll stop being nice. I'll stop buying pizzas for everyone. And then I was like, no, why? This person's hungry. They obviously want, it's what is the big deal? If you just get rid of your ego and so what? The, this might be the worst advice in the world, right? 
So what? Get taken for granted? I don't think so. I don't think it's no? advice. I, I thought about this myself. I'm still like, mm. but every time, even my mom has told me, like, my mom is the most giving person. She loves doing stuff for charity. I learned for, from her. She used to give stuff to homeless kids all the time. And I used to live in the Philippines for a year. And um, I would see the kids on the road with my shoes, with my clothes. And I'd be like, mom, aren't those mine? She'd be like, yeah, I've given it to them. And they all know my mom. They're like, because my mom speaks Tagalog. So it'd be like, ate, ate, which means aunt. And I learned from that. And so even my mom, sometimes she's like, you do too much. Stop doing too much for people. You're only going to get taken for granted. But over time, I'm realizing that if that's what it is, I'm okay with that. I think that's how I'm just going to look at it. Yeah, acceptance. Yeah. If they're going to take me for granted, that's okay. It's not harming me in any way, right? Yeah. I think I also personally believe that when you give truly with all your heart, you get 10 times back. And I also feel like we need more of you. We need more mm -hmm. Natasha Morris, oh. right? There's there's enough people that are mean out there that are that are not giving, that are closed up, that are hurting. Yeah. And you never know how much you can change someone's life. For sure. That's the biggest thing. I think for me, and even with the whole you get back 10, every time someone says that to me, I don't go in with that intention because also then you're just thinking, okay, I'm going to do this. Maybe so I'll get, get something back. back. Yeah. I don't want to think like that. I genuinely want to do it from my heart. So even, you know, my security guard, for example, when he asks for something, now I'm just going to be like, you know what? What is the big deal? He's hungry and it's because I always give him. He's used to it. So he has no one else that he can ask for it. He probably has a money restriction or, you know, I'm just helping him. But, you know, it's fine. Yeah. And also in regards to, you know, when you're being kind and people themselves are saying you're being fake. Mm -hmm. I'm a holistic healer and oh, I personally understand nice. that. Um, people are just coming from their wounds as well, exactly. right? So exactly. they're not accepting and allowing the compliments that you're giving them That's because true. subconsciously or somewhere inside them, they don't feel like they're worthy of it yeah. or they haven't received that before and they think that this doesn't exist, mm. right? So just knowing that you being you and spreading your love whoever it is that attracts that or is in your vicinity probably needed that. Mm. Yeah, that's true. That's very, very true. Yeah. yeah. So don't stop sharing. I'm not. Keep going. I decided, I was like, I'm going to do 10 times more now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but also, I mean, like there have been studies and even other people have sort of said it from their own personal experience. Like when you do something positive, somebody, they're more likely, that person will more likely do pay something, forward. pay forward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you stop, mm -hmm. then that stops the whole flow. Exactly. Further down. So, yeah. yeah and also stop. just, I know you, you, you mentioned that you were on a spiritual journey and mm -hmm. I teach the law of attraction a lot, okay. right? And it's just the more positive and kind and loving you are, the more you'll see that in your life. It's and so true. Mm. And I know you don't do that for the sake of receiving more mm -hmm. of that, but who doesn't want to have a, a loving, amazing, beautiful life, right? Of course. Yeah. Of course. I believe in manifesting. I even have a shade called manifest. I should give oh, it to wow. you. Yeah. Oh, you do. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I really do believe in that. I believe in affirmations. And But the thing is, being an entrepreneur, I have to say, there are times where I'm breaking down, crying, and I'm like, why is this happening? Why? I'm only putting good energy. I'm only manifest, manifesting good stuff. Why is this not happening for me, right? But that's already the wrong energy to be putting out there. I need to just, sometimes I have to tell myself, just relax, everything's happening, everything's flowing, divine timing. Also understanding that contrast is here for a reason. 
you don't know what you want if you don't know what you don't want, yeah. right? Yeah. And everything is, it's a, there's two ends of the stick, something you want, something you don't want. But what we usually do is we tend to hold on to the negative yeah. instead of saying, okay, this has happened, mm -hmm. I want this instead, mm -hmm. and focusing on what you want and the energy expands that. So just focusing on what you do want, yeah. being grateful for the contrast, it's, it's so much easier said than done. Yeah, for sure. But looking at all contrast as a blessing is variety, mm -hmm. right? How boring would life be if you, if we, if we didn't know what we wanted, if we didn't have that contrast to set off new rockets of desire? Mm -hmm. When we were talking about your entrepreneurial journey, you'd mentioned that, you know, a lot of people um, thought that you kind of had it made, you know, you came from mm -hmm. a well-to-do family and you mm -hmm. had, you know, tremendous help to, you know, get everything off the ground. Um, how, uh, how how did that make you feel and, and, and kind of, you know, I mean, you've said to us that, you know, you obviously did everything by yourself, but how did you kind of deal with that, you know? Um, so I think when I first started the brand, first of all, I, I have to put this out there. I did not do all of this alone because I had emotional support. That's the most important thing. Emotional support from friends and family is a big deal. I also did have a lot of people that doubted me. So that was really tough. And having my parents say, yes, go for it, go for it, it was amazing. Um, but yes, looking at me from an outside perspective, most people would probably think, oh, she's probably done it her, you know, through her family. Or a lot of people thought that my parents were in manufacturing of cosmetics, you know, but that was the instant response because how do you start a cosmetic brand on your own, yeah. right? Um, but there was a lot of drive and hustle that came from me. Also two lipstick shade names <laughs> for a reason. Um, but. It was challenging because I emptied my bank account to launch this brand. And people don't know that. I was supposed to launch my brand a year before and I had a little um, roller coaster journey um, on the way. So I ended up launching it a year later. And again, at, the point, at that point, I said, oh my God, are you kidding me? Why? I was supposed to launch a year before, but then I probably wouldn't have met my business development manager. I probably wouldn't have gone to Bologna. I probably, so everything happens in the right time. Yeah. Um, also being very public about being young, getting a divorce, being one of the first Indian makeup artists so young to travel the way I was traveling every three days. I actually had men come up to me all the time and say, if you were my wife, I'd divorce you too. You shouldn't travel this much. Ooh. And uncles and family friends. And I was, I remember thinking, what am I doing? I would walk into a room with a thousand people, 400 people, whatever it was. And they would all be staring at me. This is at the point where I was, people were talking like, oh, I think she's going to get a divorce. Or is she single? Is she separated? What's her situation? It was a lot of rumors, right? And then it was also, oh, if she's, you know, traveling as a woman like this, she must be dating lots of men. Yeah. Or every new handbag that I purchased with my own money was apparently a gift from a man. No way could a woman afford to do all these things. And uh, that shocked me. That for me was a huge, that was when I had anxiety, when I started to feel things where I'm like, I would enter a room and I was, maybe I was a little bit insecure with myself, I'm not gonna lie, but I was also so young and so in this, that I just thought, how can people not be supportive and how can they say these things about me? You know, people would call up my mom and say, oh, I heard she's with this guy and she's with this guy. And my mom's like, this poor girl <laughs> is in her hotel room, like not eating and working all the time. But 
this, that's why I said the emotional support was so important because without my parents supporting me throughout everything, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to do it. But with the anxiety, I mean, how did, how did you sort of put a stop to that? Like what, what, what did you have to do so that? <sighs> my, my spiritual that, that was, Yeah, that was when I, I never believed in any of this stuff before. And I, someone, it, it, it happened it just out of the blue. Someone said, oh, you should go see my healer in Bangkok. And I was like, no, I'm not going to go to Bangkok to see a healer. The next day, a client calls me and she's like, I want you to do a makeup workshop in Bangkok. And I was like, what? You're going to Bangkok. <laughs> yeah. And I, was yeah like, gonna... and I remember being so like aloof about it. I'm like, yeah, no, it's going to cost you. I don't have time. I, I don't know what I was just like fighting this because I knew that this was a sign. And I said, OK, fine. I flew in for one day. I didn't message this healer. And at in the evening at 8 p.m., I finished my workshop and I was flying the next day at 4 p.m. back to Hong Kong. And so I messaged this healer. I was like, hey, I don't know if you're free, but apparently I should call you. She's like, okay, I'll be in your room by 8 a.m. tomorrow. And I was like, wow, there is no escaping this. And it was the start of the most beautiful relationship. She's one of my closest friends now. She's helped heal so many people because I like, this is another thing I love doing is helping other women businesses. So I love promoting them on my Instagram and getting them you know, the exposure that I feel they could use. Yeah. And I was public about how amazing she was. And she's till today helps me. I just did a session with her last week. Wow. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, everyone needs that, uh, everyone that needs support something. system, you know? Yeah. You mentioned that you had a lot of insecurities, mm -hmm. anxiety. I know a lot of people can relate, mm -hmm. right? But when people usually look at you, look at a beautiful woman, See, you saying that also, I'm like, what is she saying? But yeah, I, need to, I need to start appreciating comments yeah. like that. For sure. Allow, allow. Thank you. Allow, allow. Yes. Right? Beautiful, successful, <laughs> confident, very smart, hardworking. And when people would say this stuff about you, how, what ex how would you deal with it? It started uh, to really hit me when I would be out and about and people would either recognize me from somewhere and they would say, they would be really nervous to come to me. And then they'd talk to me and they'd say, oh, you're actually nice. I'm like, what? What do you mean? Do I look rude? And they're like, no, I just didn't think that you were someone I could speak to. And it happens a lot. And that's when I realized maybe I look different to what I'm actually like, or maybe it's the perception, or maybe people are just scared to talk in general. And they, it's their own insecurities that make That's them true. feel like, or they're not as friendly. Yeah, yeah. But I talk to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, that was when I realized, okay, I definitely need to accept compliments from people, but also my insecurities really stem from my childhood, right? Like, like I said, growing up, being, you know, um, overweight, having issues. I, I know I have my own thing in my head that I need to work on. Um, but everyone does. Everyone has insecurities. I know I have it a little bit worse. I've actually just realized this recently where I will constantly be thinking about appearance. And I don't know if it's because I'm in the beauty industry that I'm like, oh, is she looking at my lipstick? Is she looking at my skin? Is she looking at my hair? Is she looking at, do I look fat? But it is something that goes on in my head constantly. And I know a lot of women are like this, but it's something to work on and just accept and I think the whole kindness factor really fits into this. So a really dear friend of mine actually said to me, she's like, do you know, you should never think about it like people are looking at you because they want to look at you or compliment you on the outer. They're looking at you because they want to be your friend because you're actually a nice person. So you should look at that. 
And that's when I started to see things a little differently. Yeah, I think. No, but I mean, I think it's glad, I'm glad that there is somebody like you because the stereotype is that if you're beautiful, successful, well put together, you probably, can I say it on camera? Yeah. You probably Yeah, oh my God. Yeah, probably a beep. Oh, everyone says that to me. I didn't say it because we were on camera, but it, it's not even, oh, you're actually nice. It's, oh, you're nice. I thought you'd be a beep. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, I mean, and the fact that you are now an example out there, I mean, I think it's amazing, you know, that women will see that and know, okay, th that stereotype actually is wrong. But then again, there's also people who are like, oh, she's just lying. She can't actually be insecure because she has a cosmetic brand and because she, she's so comfortable on camera because she does makeup tutorials because she talks in public. But you don't know what the person's going through. And I've done makeup on so many actors and, you know, they're really insecure. Everyone has something in them that they're not confident about. That imposter syndrome, right? The most successful, like, CEOs, yeah. celebrities. Yeah. They all have, because we're, we're human. We're human. That's the most important thing to remember. Yeah. The beauty industry is, um, I would say, probably filled with expectations, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they look a certain way and... Um, yeah. certain norms and stereotypes. Um, I want to know what your advice would be for the younger generation uh, who are trying to find their own beauty, you know, what that means for them. What would be your advice? So I think my, that's a really good question because I'll, I would have probably said before, you know, it, it is very hard to find your own confidence but if you believe in yourself, so I might not be confident about my looks on the outside or little things, but I'm very confident about myself as a person. So once you find your purpose in life, that's when I feel like suddenly you lose confidence. Like um, it was a friend's birthday two days ago and everyone was just whipping out them, like dancing. And she said, I want you all to do a little performance for me. Like a, in, in our, in Indian, with Indians, we have this thing called the Sangeet, right? Yeah. It's like a performance at a wedding. And so each person had to be performing. And me, people think that I'm quite confident, but I would be so shy to do something like that in public. But I don't know what got into me where I was just like, and I, I just went for it. I just danced and, you know, such a small thing like that. But I did it because I, I think now I'm at a point in my life where I care less about what people think of me. And I know my purpose in life. I know what that end goal is. That end goal is to create products to make women feel so beautiful, so confident, and so happy. So when you know that, or when you start to discover things about yourself, and you care less about other people's opinion of you, that's when you're truly happy, I think. That's nice. That's yeah. nice. I mean, everyone tells you that. My parents have told me that. Stop caring what people think. Stop caring. But with social media, it's hard. Yeah. But that's one thing I know I really don't. I don't, I don't, I don't care what they think of me, but I just hope that it's not bad because of my brand, you know? I just want my brand to be seen in the most beautiful light. Right, right. Yeah. And is there, is there a particular woman that inspires you the most or? Wow. You know, a lot of women around me inspire me, but I've been asked this question several times and every time I've seriously thought about it. It's always come down to this answer, which sounds, again, something I wouldn't normally say because it sounds very obnoxious, but actually I inspire myself because I look at some of the things that I've done in my journey and I can compare myself to anyone. Anyone can compare themselves. But if you, that level of comparison is what can harm you mentally. You can just say, oh, she's so amazing. She inspires me. I want to be just like her. 
but actually that's competition again. Why I should look in the mirror and say, you've done such an incredible job. I actually inspire myself sometimes. That's amazing. It's yeah. perfect. And it's such a hard thing to say. Trust me. I'm like, ew, who says that? But actually, I do inspire myself. It's you're the your truth. You're your own kind of, you know, yeah. you're just trying to do better than, than who you are. You're exactly. To, you stretch yourself, basically. You have to be the best version of yourself. Yourself. Exactly. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I have one last question sure. for you. So we're talking about confidence and we're talking about makeup, mm -hmm. right? I'm, I was a makeup artist for a long time and I realized that I had started to become um, really used to putting makeup on where I didn't feel confident any longer to leave the house without lipstick, concealer and mascara on. Okay. Right? And where's that line? Like That comes with finding out your one purpose because for me it was opposite. Before I was a makeup artist, I would never leave my house without makeup. Now... I find beauty in everything and I, I can leave my, I go to the gym every day. I don't wear a drop of makeup, right? And you know, sometimes people will be like, oh, are you okay? Are you unwell? And that's a normal thing that people say all the time. But when you're confident within yourself that I'm doing good, my, I know what my purpose is and I don't care what people think, yeah. that's when that confidence comes through. So I think now, first of all, you are stunning. You don't even <laughs> need makeup. That's why I was like, what? Uh, you don't need any makeup. Look at your eyes. You're gorgeous. You. No, I'm, I'm a lot better now. Yeah. I just, you know, back then when I was an older teenager, yeah, but moving into my 20s, mm -hmm. it, it, I realized that this was me. And also as a makeup artist, people would come to me and wonder why I didn't have makeup on while I was grocery shopping, yeah. right? Yeah. So all of those factors had yeah. a lot to do with it. Now... I, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, but also when you're at that age, there's a lot more insecurities, right, that would come up. Now there's a lot more confidence. Like, I do notice that sometimes when I'm out, I'll be like, oh, no, I have no makeup on. Don't say that. But why? If someone says, oh, you look pretty, and I'm like, no, I don't have makeup on. But that's also wrong. That's also something I'm still learning, still getting used to. Receive the compliments. Just, yeah. Thank you, right? Just say thank you. Yeah, just say thank you. Just accept it. I'm going to learn. Take it I'm taking my own advice. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Yeah. So Natasha, mm -hmm. um, is there a particular message you'd like to share with our audience as an entrepreneur, as a woman? Don't let anyone tell you you can't do something. Because there were so many people that were like, you're going to start a brand? No one knows who you are. But why would you start a brand? Why would, what separates you from everyone else? What separates you from the biggest brands in the world? I still get told that or asked that. But never, ever let anyone tell you or let you doubt yourself or your abilities. That's so important. Um, always know that your passion is what's going to drive you forward. Even on the lowest day, uh, on your lowest days, you have your passion always. And if you have love, I'm going to give the same advice my dad gives me all the time. My dad is incredible. He is a, um, he's actually written a book called The P Factor, understanding how to deal with people, the people factor. And because his business is really about management training, he works with hotels and hospitality. So he has guided me so much on my mental health, on how I should deal with people in life. And it's really trained me to see things in a different way. He's such an inspiration to me, both my parents, as I mentioned, my mom with her charitable journey and my mom and my dad with his guidance on how to deal with people. And so my advice is always going to be just do you and do more and be nice to people around you. 
That's important. Thank you. That's great advice. Thank you. <laughs> so this is the Women in Power show. Yes. And my question to you is, what is your superpower? Kindness. My superpower is really and truly being a giver. And I would have probably looked at that as a negative thing. And people look at it as a negative thing. I cannot tell you how many times people are like, oh, but you're too much of a giver. It's not going to work. Or you, you can't do this. Or, you know, if I'm in a new relationship, I buy lots of presents. They're like, you should not spoil the person. You shouldn't spoil your friends. But I spoil. I like. It, though, people think that because you're a giver, it's like you're a people pleaser, you're expecting something in return. But I, I, I truly believe you're just giving. Yeah. You just want to give. Yeah. And now I've started to say, no, it's for my own personal gain because I know it'll make me so happy to see the person open again. <laughs> like, it, it's a weird thing about me. I genuinely love it. I completely get that, right? It's also understanding, like, your love languages. Mm -hmm. And mm. I feel like people like to receive in their love language, but yeah. also giving in your love language yes. gives you a different joy. Yes. Yeah. Like shopping for people I love, mm. buying them gifts. Mm. Uh, gifts is one of my love languages, but when I buy for them, I feel just as much joy yeah. as if I was buying for myself or receiving a gift. Mm. And I feel like that is a little bit yeah. hard for people to it's understand. It's very hard for people to understand. and but. Again, that goes back to my purpose in life. And I that's why I've umbrellaed my purpose. It's not just about makeup. It's more than makeup. It's not just about making people look beautiful. It's about making people feel happy. Whether it's my personal life, whether it's my clients, any aspect of my life, I want to bring people joy. That I want to be Santa. Just the skinnier version of Santa. <laughs> Skinny, better, better looking version, uh, sexier version. Unless hairy, maybe. <laughs> no beard. <laughs> so, Natasha, you're moving to LA. What's yes. next? What's What's next after? Is there going to be something after makeup, skincare? Maybe. It's something I definitely, I don't want to say no to anything for sure. It's not in the pipeline. I want to develop the brand to more products. Oh, wow. I didn't mean that. Fun. But yeah, I want more products. Um, I'm developing lots and lots and lots of things right now. But like I said, the production takes two to three years. My mascara took two years. A little insight of what other products you're developing? Um, let's just say it's more than makeup. It's... Uh, <laughs> It's exciting because it's not been done before. Ooh, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Stay but it's a long, long process, but yeah. yeah. Stay, Stay tuned. tuned. Okay. Stay tuned. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. on. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and hit that notification bell for updates. If you have any questions or comments, or if anything resonates with you, let us know in the comment section below.